So we are grateful today to have the privilege of bringing the Word of God. And today I'm going to continue in our reading and in our study in the book of 1 Timothy chapter 5. And I'm going to read verses 17 through 22. So if you have your Bible, you can follow along. And if you do not, we'll have it on the board for you. Let's have a word of prayer. We are so grateful to you, Lord, today for your wonderful, wonderful goodness and grace. It is in this place that we have come to gather in your name and to worship you and to lift up the Savior of our soul. So today we pray that you will strengthen us, that you will be with us, that you will lead us and guide us. Pray that the word of God will go deep into our very vessel, that you will be honored above all. We do honor you, we worship you, and we thank you for the marvelous privilege of being able to gather as a church body in your name. We thank you in Jesus' name. Now give us ears to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church in Jesus' name. Amen. This is how it reads in 1 Timothy chapter 5, verses 17 through 22. Let the elders who rule well be considered worthy of double honor, especially those who labor in preaching and teaching. For the scripture says, you shall not muzzle an ox when it treads out the grain and the laborer deserves his wages. Do not admit a charge against an elder except on the evidence of two or three witnesses. As for those who persist in sin, rebuke them in the presence of all so that the rest may stand in fear. In the presence of God and of Christ Jesus and of the elect angels, I charge you to keep these rules without prejudging, doing nothing from partiality. Do not be hasty in the laying on of hands, nor take part in the sins of others. Keep yourself pure. I'm going to read another passage in the book of Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy chapter 25, verse 4. You shall not muzzle an ox when it is treading out the grain. As a title for this message, I have given double honor through preaching and teaching God's word. Double honor through preaching and teaching God's word. I will have a couple of other passages, a few that I will be reading as we go on. The cancel culture has risen to great heights in today's world by shaming and trying to cancel that which they object to, even though what they may be objecting to is 100% correct. I don't know if you know that if you disagree with people on truth, they may just decide to cancel you, meaning they won't listen to you. Today, right is wrong and wrong is right. The terms boys and girls, men and women are stigmatized as being unsensitive. The Bible is banned in countries and is even being removed in our culture by those who do not fear God and have a vendetta against the church. It was right in the midst of destructive teaching and falsehood that Paul told Timothy that those 
that our elders who rule well should be given double honor in handling the affairs of the church and especially those whose job is preaching and teaching. Paul says that those who are doing well need to be given double honor. In society, insults are often thrown at those proclaiming the word of God. Isn't that something? The eternal word of God by too many people is not light. But I want you to know, and I want the church to be encouraged, because God is still on the throne. (laughs) I don't care how many try to depose God, he is still on the throne. Title again, double honor through preaching and teaching the word of God. Double honor through preaching and teaching the word of God. Point number one, when pay counts, when pay counts. Again, Paul says to Timothy, let the elders who rule well be considered worthy of double honor. You will note that Paul has been giving Timothy commands, and he's been giving him instructions and even encouragement to carry out those things that he as a leader needed to be put into effect or that he needed Timothy to put into effect. He's been encouraging him, and in some cases, you will find that he even gives commands to Timothy. And Timothy, don't let anything stop you from putting into effect those very things that will perpetuate the church and the truth of the gospel. Don't be intimidated by those doing that which is false, but proclaim boldly the word of God. There has been a host of instructions that Timothy has received, and Paul would not be intimidated by a culture who wanted to persist in speaking non-truth. Today we have a world that harbors and loves that which is false. They magnify that which is false. And if you don't agree with those individuals, they will say that you don't matter. Well, I tell you what, I'm going to remain in the category of not mattering as long as God is pleased with my life. Here we find Paul giving instructions about the elders who rule well and what should be given in remuneration. This is their pay. The first thing that we want to draw attention to in verse 17, there are three things I just want you to note. He tells Timothy, I want you to evaluate. I want one evaluation of the work of elders to receive double honor. In other words, you must evaluate what they're doing. Today, people don't want to be evaluated. They just want you to accept whatever they say and don't vet them. Just believe me. Well, what if you're telling me a lie? What if what you're telling me goes against what the Bible says? Can everyone have their own opinion? Sure, you can have your own opinion and be wrong, of course. (laughs) But don't ask me to go along with it. So he tells Timothy, evaluate. In order to come to a right decision, you have to be one that evaluates and one that will stand in the face of opposition and say, that's wrong. So Paul tells Timothy to do it. The second thing that we note in this instruction is that he says, I want you to use very specific details 
of the roles for those to receive honor. Be specific. Those that are to receive the honor of double recognition are elders and especially those that labor in preaching and teaching. Today when we have a world that does not give heed to God's word, they don't recognize that we have a soul. One day we're going to stand before the almighty God. And although I know many of you would love to bring out your laundry list of all the good things you've done, God is not going to look at your laundry list first. Oh, your laundry list will matter, but it won't matter first. The first thing that God wants to see in your life is the fact that you have been covered, not by your own self-interest, but by the blood of Jesus Christ. That's the first thing that he's going to look for. The next thing that he's going to look for is then your works. Do your works after the blood has been applied match up with the life that you were called to live. You see, there are too many people today that says, look at my life first. Don't worry about the blood of Christ, but look at my life. God says, no. I am first looking to make sure that you're covered. You know, recently, it's been getting really, really cold outside. It's probably one reason I got sick, because I went walking on Monday night in the cold. But I did bundle up well. You know, I, I got a scarf that Mel had gotten for me. I never wear a scarf. I threw that around my neck. I had a beanie on my head. I had a, um, a, a, my sweatshirt on and another jacket on top of that. I had my pajamas on and then my sweatpants over that. So much to the point that when I was out walking, when it was freezing, I was hot and sweating. <laughs> oh, wait. Don't, get on, don't get on the prayer line because Sister Flores, she, she's going to talk about somebody. <laughs> had a great time. Until I got back and then noticed that maybe my throat was hurting a little bit and just had come back from Oregon from seeing my son. Had a wonderful Thanksgiving there and it was just tremendous. And, you know, I, I don't I don't normally catch a cold that often, but a couple of times a year. And this is one of the times right around the time. But I had a wonderful time out there, covered myself up well. And then then I, and when I went to bed, I had all the covers pulled up over me. It was wonderful. In the summer, totally different. Have the windows all open. Don't want the heavy covers on. Why? Because it's hot. But when it's cold, I want to be covered. I even would turn on my space heater in the bathroom low so that when I go in the morning getting ready, it's already warm in the bathroom. Till the end of the month, I see that bill. I said, oh, Lord. But we need to be covered. We need to be covered. God is not looking to see if you're going to be covered by your coat, your jacket, your beanie, your scarf. He's going to be looking to make sure that the blood covers your life. And so that's the thing that you need to understand. The blood covering your life. Your works come into play after you have come into the kingdom. You see, there are too many people that right now are looking for a paycheck and not, they have not worked a day in their life. Help us, Lord. Help us. Have the nerve to complain and have not worked. I have not seen so many people in retirement and have never worked a day in their life. 
I just don't get it. But that's the culture in which we live. The third thing that Paul tells Timothy, he says that there needs to be freedom from those leaders to enjoy the benefits from their labor in verse 18. He says there needs to be the privilege to be able to enjoy the benefits. Today, Mel and I will just share this, had a wonderful conversation last night about trusting the Lord. I've been worrying about some things and going through some struggles. Most times, you know, many times, you know, people don't think the pastor worries. Yes, he does, and yes, she does. Don't always recognize that sometimes that's the case, and you need to be encouraged. Have you ever received a good word at the right time? When you were down and out and someone came along and gave you a pep talk that helped you, says, you know you're right. Well, that talk encouraged me last night because there's been some different things that's been going through my mind. And I haven't been losing any sleep, thank the Lord. I used to lose sleep when I, when I worried. I don't, I don't lose sleep much of a worry anymore. I used to. But I was worrying about some things. And then we had to start thinking about Look how God has taken care of us over the years. Look what God did when there was nothing or very little. Look how God showed himself over and over again. And so I had to reflect back. Look at how God has preserved the church. Look at how God has brought you through. And when I heard that word, it did something in my spirit. It reminded me what I had known before but wasn't at that time listening to and following. But again, it helped me to say, oh, blessed be the name of the Lord that a word can come at the right time to give encouragement. I needed that covering. And today when I came to the church to get my worship and prayer on before all of y'all came out, I had a good time. If y'all had come early, y'all would have heard me in here going, oh, yes, you would have heard me. But that's why I come early before you get here so I can spend some time alone with him. Because I wanted you to be covered when you got here as well. (laughs) So there needs to be the ability to enjoy what God gives as a benefit. Evidently, there were some who had taken upon themselves In regards to what Paul has told Timothy, they had taken upon themselves to receive honor and to do certain things. And Timothy was told, no, you need to evaluate if they don't qualify, don't give them recognition. In fact, he told him, you put some people out that speaking falsehood. Tells him there needs to be an evaluation of the elders. Now, he had already spoken about the elders' role. He had already told Timothy The qualifications for an elder are these. Now he tells him, when an elder is doing well, those that are in the leadership of looking after the souls of people, those that are doing well, give them double honor. One of the things that Paul says, and he does, is that if honor is not given, it can be a discouragement to those who are in leadership. It is good sometimes just to go be able to go back and say to a person, you know, you've, you've done a good job. Thank you. And I'm mindful of that. I, I sometimes just go and tell a person in a text, thank you. you you've done a good job. And, and we'll call a person or just send them a note. Just thank you for the work that you've done. It, it doesn't take too much to say that. 
But it does something in the hearts of people when you can tell them, thank you. <laughs> oh, my. Let me help and move on here. My time is moving. One of the things that Paul had to do regarding the evaluation, he had to sift through those that were teaching falsehood. Now, he had already been telling Timothy that those that were teaching falsehood needed to be told not to. So the evaluation process not only dealt with the the matter of recognizing and evaluating the teachers that were doing well, but he had to make an evaluation of those that were not doing what they're supposed to do and then move those to the side, elevate those who are doing what God told him to do, and then elevate them and give them honor. One of the things that you must understand is that the message that Timothy was told to give was a message of eternal consequences. And so he tells him that the matter of what you're doing, it will not only last now, but it will also, in fact, save the lives of those individuals. And then he says, for those that now are, have the, the privilege and the responsibility of preaching and teaching, especially they should be given double honor. And then he goes to an Old Testament passage in the book of Deuteronomy. Now that's very interesting when he makes this point. He pulls from the Old Testament book of Deuteronomy, chapter 25, verse 4. And this is what it says, You shall not muzzle an ox when it is treading out the grain. Now, let me just briefly say something um, about this. When it came to, to the threshing of wheat or a sheaf, the threshing floor that is being referred to, it would be grain that would be put on the ground on a threshing floor, and then the ox would, with a person necessarily on their back, the person may have, they would have, a um, sled tied to them or some type of cart, and they would walk around in this circle threshing the grain to get the ripe grain. Now, as these ox are going around to crush uh, the grain and get the ripe grain, uh, every once in a while, the ox should have the privilege to be able to put his head down and eat that which he is threshing. So it would not be wise to put a muzzle on the ox when he is actually working. So when that passage is used here, it is referring to the fact that an animal should have the privilege and the benefits of enjoying their labor. One of our good friends that used to be a member here named Benny Hunter has told me, you know, Benny, he said, the cook should never go hungry. If you are a cook in the kitchen, you should never go hungry. <laughs> you should be sampling everything as you're going along, is what Benny's saying. Whether it's the cornbread, the meat, yeah, the cook should never go hungry. <laughs> and so when you consider this matter here, he pulls from this Old Testament passage regarding the muzzling of an ox. So the threshing floor is where this grinding would take place. The ox and oxen are walking around in this circle, grinding the ox, grinding the grain, and their hoofs would not be necessarily enough to crush all the grain, but the cart and the sled that's behind them would aid in that process. A passage even comes to mind just now that was not even something I was planning to say, but even the Bible says the labor 
is worthy of his wages. And the Bible speaks very clearly in the Old and New Testament about the laborer should be given what is their due. Then Paul also gives in the New Testament a teaching of Jesus in the book of Luke. Luke chapter 10, I'm going to look at, I'll read 7, but I want part C of the verse, which starts at 4, the laborer. But it says, and remain in the same house, eating and drinking what they provide, for the laborer deserves his wages. Do not go from house to house. Now, this is where the Lord has sent out the disciples, 72 of his disciples in this passage. He sent them out, and they were to go out and share the word of God. He said, but where you go, I want you to remain there, because the work that you do, you should be paid for the work that you are carrying out. Don't go from house to house, but stay in one place. He then told his disciples in Matthew chapter 10, verse 10, when he sent out the 12. In Matthew, chap- Matthew 10, 9 and 10, it says, Acquire no gold or silver or copper for your belts. Don't take any money at this time. No bag for your journey or two tunics or sandals or staff for the laborer deserves his food. What is he saying? This ties all back to what the Lord had said in Deuteronomy. So in Paul's teaching of Timothy, it is interesting to note that the Old Testament scriptures already had status. It already had what we call standing. And because of that, it is interesting that he now includes what's called the teachings of Christ in this passage because the teaching here is being elevated even to that of the Old Testament for that for many of those individuals there. They knew the Old Testament was binding. It had um, been accepted. But he now includes even what the Lord says in his teaching. And so we must recognize that Jesus' teaching must at this time have been circulating and accepted as important as the Old Testament. Now get this. Many people rejected Christ. Many of the disciples didn't really believe or understand who he was until after the resurrection. It was even after the Holy Spirit came, when the Lord went back to heaven, the Holy Spirit came after he went back, fell in Jerusalem when they were in the upper room praying, that many of them began to question when they began to hear them speaking in tongues and proclaiming the word of God. They said, what is this that we hear? And Peter began to expand and to give the word of God to individuals. So we find that the matter of Christ and the teaching began to spread. So we need to note that he said that those who labor should make sure that they are provided for. Let me hurry on. In 1 Timothy 5, 19 and 20 says, Do not admit a charge against an elder except on the evidence of two or three witnesses. As for those who persist in sin, rebuke them in the presence of all so that they may rest, so that the rest may stand in fear, those who actually hear the rest. Uh, Just a a point here, legal requirements. If I was to give this a second point, it would be legal requirements. Uh, One of the things that you note is that there had been, in the law of God, if charges were brought against a person, especially if it came to capital punishment, a person's life could not be taken on the testimony of one person. It had to be at least two or three witnesses when it came to that which was capital or capital punishment. Paul tells Timothy, when it comes to the matter of an elder, 
The law should not be reduced or taken away just because they are an elder. They should be given or afforded the same rights as any person that would be under the law. This is what he is saying. So if a charge is brought against an elder by a single individual, says don't listen unless there are multiple or more than one, then take it under advisement. Because when you get he said, she said, well, he said might be wrong as well as she said as well. So Paul is saying, be very careful that you have witnesses. Isn't it interesting that the laws that were laid out by God are the laws that are really following the land today, even though they don't always follow them, but the principles, the laws of God are in the court system is really what is followed. You have to have witnesses and you need to have evidence. When you have multiple witnesses, that's a strong case. When you don't have any witnesses, and then even there's no circumstantial evidence, that's a problem. One of these things I love about crime shows, 25 years later, they can go back and still find you. You thought you got away. And lo and behold, there was a bug that wasn't supposed to be there until this happened. They said this bug came 72 hours after the body was here and you were in the area that time. And we tied that bug. And then we found some soil on your shoe. And the soil sample only in this area under this particular leaf comes at this time. And this was under your, on your shoe. We found that. It was kept in an evidence box, and we put it in a cold case file and went back and uncovered it. And we found that with the new technology that it led to you. Be careful when you think you're getting away with something. And 50 years down the road, they come back and point a finger at you. <laughs> Legal requirements. We need to understand that the Bible does not just go on hearsay. There are many people who have just made all types of claims against the Bible. But Paul has given valid instructions to Timothy. and said, Timothy, I want you to understand and know that when it comes to the matter of overseers, you treat, you treat those who are worthy of double honor, give them the recognition. When charges are brought, you make sure you follow the legal requirements as you would anybody else. Today, people, we need to recognize that God's word is true and can be, it can be verified. It can be vetted. It is to be looked at. The Bible says, go out and investigate. Go and see if what I am saying is true. You know there's a problem if they tell you don't go investigate. Don't look into the evidence. Why? Because there's something to be hidden. I thank God that if I'm saying something that's wrong, you can go to the word of God and you can say, wait a minute, Pastor Small said this. Is it true? And you can go to your Bible and do, get to your concordance and begin to search the scriptures. I encourage people to do that. You Run from me if I start telling you, don't question what I say. <laughs> don't even consider looking up other scriptures that I did not give you. <laughs> I say, no, go and search. Prove me wrong. Says, oh, I need to go back and make a correction. There's been some times that I may have made a statement, and I just say, oh, wait a minute, I need to add another piece to that or change this part here. Sometimes that happens in preaching where you have some additional information that comes into focus. So God's word never fails. It is never wrong. And thank God 
that we can exegete the scripture, not eisegete. Exegete means that we allow the scriptures of God to tell us what it says. It brings out to allow the passage to bring out what's there rather than us reading into what we wanted to say. And there's a lot of people today that's reading into the scripture things that are not there. And Timothy was told by Paul, do not do that, but be sure that you properly execute and exegete the word of God. I'm going to end there today because our time has come to a close. But I want to say I want to encourage you and tell you this. When we look at double honor, it is very specific that the elders who rule well are to be given double honor. There to be an, there's to be an evaluation. Today, find someone to say, am I doing what the Lord has called me to do? Do you see, am, am I lacking anything in my life? You may be surprised. I will share this in closing, three minutes. When we were in Oregon, my daughter Sherelle was with us. We went, we stayed at this place, um, hotel every time. That's where we've always stayed. And she's in her room and Melanie is in ours. And I got a call on, I think it was Friday morning when we were leaving. I'm going to take a walk. She normally goes walking. But she left early in that morning. It was still kind of dark. I wasn't as comfortable. But I didn't say anything. And got a text a little bit later. So I'm back and need to tell you all what happened. When she was out walking, she had her glasses on the hood on because it was cold. And I didn't say anything to Melanie right then. When she was out walking, there was a black charger that had driven by. And a guy in the window said something. And he says, oh, never mind, said something in he said, never mind, and there was a white young lady in the car. She thought that's strange, and she got this uncomfortable feeling. As she walked, she noticed that same charger had pulled around and was on in a parking lot. She thought to herself, hmm, I better not continue. So she decided, I'm going to go back to the hotel, but she decided to cross the street to walk on the opposite side. When she walked on the opposite side, she noticed that the charger was in another position, another, in another area, and this time the guy that had been driving wasn't driving. It was a girl. She had gotten to an area and decided that she sprinted across the street when she was out of sight back to the hotel. She called and said she was back and what had happened. And I told me, I said, I was very uncomfortable that morning with her going out. What we believe, and we called the officer and we got back home and told them that the possibly was possibly dealing with sex trafficking, was going to get her or try to get her. They had changed positions, and the car was in different areas. There's a lot there's more to the story. But we began to think, Lord, how you keep us and protect us when we're not even aware. And thank God she had the, the ability to think and to be able to see and to watch and to be observant. And we would always tell her, make sure you're watching. And she would normally put two earbuds in her ear. But we tell you, always have an ear open so that you can always watch and hear and listen for individuals or those things that you may not pay attention, that you wouldn't necessarily be paying attention to. This really has opened her eyes. So we made a report, report to the officers or to the police department in the area. And I say this because there are many young girls that are snatched. There's a lot of things that's happening in our world that we have to be mindful of. And with this situation, it was a real eye-opener not only for her, but for us, but we saw the protection of the Almighty God in and through this situation. So I say this as we pray and end today's service and prepare for our giving, that pray 
that God covers you and your family. I believe that is only because of the almighty God's hand of protection on our family, our lives, the fact that he uh, favors us, that she was protected. It's not to say that something could not have happened or, or taken, but I'm just saying that God kept her that day. And I want to encourage you, pray for your children. Pray for those who won't listen, who think they know when they don't know. Because people are out for no good and to do harm. Today, Lord, we are thankful to you for your protection and your covering. Even in the midst of difficulties and when the enemy comes like a roaring lion, God, you raise a standard. And we thank you today that we can honor you and bless your name. We thank you for the instructions to Timothy and recognizing and honoring elders and overseers, the presbyters and those in leadership and those that, Lord, had the wonderful privilege and opportunity to give the eternal word of God. Today we pray that you will bless this people. Pray that you will keep us safe and in your care. Lead us. Protect this nation, this country. May there be a turning to the almighty God, a recognizing that, Lord, a people that will not honor God, the Bible says in Psalms, will be turned into hell. We, Lord, want people to recognize that if they don't acknowledge you, Lord, judgment is there. But, oh, if there is a turning to the king of glory, a turning to the word of God, oh, what God will do and will do. We honor you and we bless you. We glory in your name, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.